Welcome back to episode 65 on the Spot Sports. And in today's episode, we have Austin Shoemaker coming on the show. He's a professional baseball player in the United Shores Professional Baseball League for the Birmingham Bloomfield Beavers. And he attended school at Ottawa University, Arizona, Chandler Gilbert Community College, and Pittsburgh State University. And he also spent time with Tucson in the Pecos League. So this episode was a really good one. We really enjoyed talking to Austin about his path into playing professional baseball and it's going to be a good one so just sit back relax and enjoy this episode and yo welcome back to another episode of on the spot sports i'm jack and i'm alongside my co-host tyler and today we are joined by a very special guest austin shoemaker austin currently plays for the birmingham bloomfield beavers of the united shore professional baseball league he played baseball at ottawa university arizona before going pro austin is a catcher welcome to the show austin shoemaker Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm happy to happy to be here. Yeah, no problem. Thank thank you for coming on the show. It's gonna be a blast. Yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah. So, uh, how have you been? How's uh quarantine gone, or how was quarantine gone for you before <clears throat> you started your season? Oh man, I've been good. <clears throat> um, quarantine it, it started off actually like really really well to be honest. Like everything got shut down, but since I'm from Arizona, a lot of the, uh, a lot of minor leaguers and major league guys and independent guys, and even guys that play baseball overseas are all out there in Arizona training. So I was able to meet, meet a bunch of guys, a bunch of big name guys too, which was cool. And for about two months from like March, beginning of March to the end of April, we're, we're training all together and getting a lot of live ABs in. And then, uh, towards the beginning of May, they all, they all went back home. Um, they didn't think there was going to be a season. So we uh, kind of had a lot of downtime from about May till I got out here, which was tough. So it made the adjustment coming back here to going from not playing to playing a little bit slower than I would have liked. But I'm back in the swing of things now, and I'm happy to be out here. Yeah, for sure. And you're one of the like only baseball leagues in the United States to be playing right now. So that must be pretty cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely thankful to be playing because there's a lot of people that aren't able to do that right now. So every time I'm out there, like it's, it's you can take it for granted, but I'm trying to enjoy every every second I have out on that field because I know there's a lot of people back home that aren't able to do that. How's the experience like during this coronavirus pandemic compared to like when you were playing before everything was basically normal? Oh. It's weird. It's really weird, actually. Um, we're all we have to wear the mask. There's a lot of rules we have to follow. So, I mean, the main one is we have to have our masks on, dug out um, at all times. Um, <clears throat> when we're out on the field, we can take it off. What's been a big adjustment is you come back in from being on base or being, you know, being out in the field, and you know they give you a little bit of time to put your mask on, but usually you just don't even think twice about it. And then somebody somebody will come down and like tell you you got to put your mask on and all that stuff because there's cameras on us and all that stuff. And you know we also have to you have to follow the guidelines, follow the rules. And um, the pitchers and the bullpen catcher, the guy who's not catching that day, they have to go be in the bullpen. They can't be in the dugout or anything like that. Um, the guys that aren't playing, there's the uh, manager suite connected to our dugout so it's supposed to give like the fans like the feel of being in a dugout in a game setting obviously they're not playing but they're you know the suite is like 
designed like a dugout and it's basically connected to our dugout. And so the player's not playing that day. We'll have to sit in that like manager suite and watch the game from there, like with their masks on and everything like that. And yeah, the the other thing is that we can't we can't sign autographs, which is a bummer. Um, we can't give baseballs to fans. We can't do any of that stuff just to help stop the spread of the virus and all that stuff as a precaution, which is which is too bad. But that's it is what it is. Yeah, and that definitely seems like an interesting situation. But like, it's better be safe than sorry. And at least you're playing baseball yeah. right now, so. Yeah. So you got to just do everything you can to be cautious and and it looks it seems like you guys are doing it the USPBL is doing doing pretty good with that. Yeah, yeah, they're doing they're doing a really good job and you know things are things are things are a little interesting but I think they're doing the best that they can to provide us with the opportunity to play and that's all we can ask for at the end of the day and all the players really, really appreciate what they're doing for us so. So that's we really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So, what's been like the hardest rule that you guys have had to do because of all this? Um, probably either the mass in the dugout, or I would say also you can only have seven seven people in the clubhouse at one time. So we have to go in there in shifts, and that includes the clubhouse attendant, and that includes the trainer so at times and that includes the manager so at times you can only have four players like four players in the in the clubhouse so like after games like there's usually just a like after the games you probably want to give yourself about 30 minutes after the game before you're actually going to get in get changed and, and, and head out because there's just you can only have seven guys in there at once so it kind of makes that process slower and we have to show up to the field in the shifts so we show up the team will report at five or yeah five o'clock um first group pitchers and catchers usually get in from five to five ten then infielders from five ten to five twenty outfielders from five twenty to five thirty that, so that's probably been, been the biggest adjustment with that yeah. Oh, yeah, and also, also not, not being yeah and not being able to show up early too you can't show up and get early work you can't do any of that yeah that's definitely seems like a hassle like for me like like I play hockey and like I coach baseball as well, and like we you can't show up early to like anything like hockey or baseball. You can't show up like I have to show up for coaching like literally twenty minutes before the game, which usually it's an hour, and like I have to wear masks the entire time. So it 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 sucks, but I'd rather be uh, everyone be safe than than try to control this whole virus thing. Yeah, definitely. We we all we all got to do our part. So it's just just the things we have to have to accept that we're gonna have to do. Yeah. Do you guys get tested a lot, or do you, or is it just like a one time thing? No, we do. We we get tested a lot. <clears throat> um, our first week out here, my roommate actually he got tested four times in about the first week. Um, I got tested twice in about two weeks, so once a week, and then, um. Every day when we go to the field, we have to fill out a, a survey on our phones, just verifying that we don't have any symptoms, that we haven't been around anybody that has the virus, and we haven't traveled um, internationally or domestically um, at all within the last like 14 days, which at this point nobody has because we're all here. But at the beginning, we all pretty much all of us had. Um, so we also, on top of that survey, we have to show them that we filled it out and everything. They check, they 
take our temperature too every single day and it has to be under like a 99 or no under yeah under 100 is, is somewhere it's got to be under that for and if it's above that then they'll send us home yeah how's how is the test like it just, it seems painful but like how is it the test sucks to be honest it's not it's not enjoyable the first time i got the test it wasn't too bad and we all kind of agreed it wasn't wasn't the worst but when we got when the whole league got tested the second time they, they used like a different swab we're pretty sure because I've, I've heard that there's a couple different like a few different like swabs they'll use and what and whatever and different methods and the second time we got it was it was bad it hurt they they, they shoved that swab pretty far down your nose what what a time to be alive 2020 Oh my gosh. Yeah. But you, you, you just gotta, just gotta get it done with. And, you know, usually every, a bunch of people from the league are there watching, so you can't really, uh, <laughs> you just gotta do it, just get it over with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So are you guys are the US PBLs just in Michigan, right? Or like where, where exactly do you guys play? Yeah, so we, uh, we're in Utica, Michigan. Uh, we all play out of the same stadium, which is nice, which is a big reason why we've been able to play because any, any of the other independent leagues, I think other than maybe the American Association, they're all playing at like little hubs, like four-team hubs. I could be wrong. I don't know if the American's doing that or not. But um, so it's been easy for us to be able to get things to work because this league's all based out of the same stadium at Jimmy John's Field. So... And the stadium is really nice too. It's it's a good place to play at. Yeah, that that's at least good. That it's just out of one stadium. I know the American Association because I interned with the Dogs, like we were talking about earlier. They have like four city hubs: Chicago, Milwaukee, Fargo, and somewhere else. And like, there's like two teams out of like each hub city, pretty much. And they get tested like every single road trip, every like every other day. So it's it's definitely an, an interesting experience for sure. Yeah, they'll definitely have to with, with all the travel they're doing. But yeah, here here it's nice and there's no travel, so you don't have to have to worry about any of that and get to sleep in your own bed every day and go back and go to the field the next day. Yeah. Could you say despite yeah, could you say despite all these different protocols and different challenges that you're still thankful to be able to play in the league? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I I like I I remember opening day like when they were singing the national anthem. Like I like I had just goosebumps like all like down my neck. It was just it was just a surreal feeling to even be playing here. And I wanted to be here last year, and it just it just didn't work out. But I was really thankful. I'm really thankful to be here and be where I'm at right now. So yeah, it was it was pretty surreal on opening day. Yeah. So what what is, what is it like? like having like all the teams in one one like stadium like how how are the games it's, like separated <clears throat> uh it's it's cool i mean me just be, being a catcher like i've gotten to know pretty much everyone in the league at this point just because i see you know i see the same guys at the plate pretty frequently and like i just chat chat them up when they're when they're walking up to the plate um i mean i've caught so many different pitchers so like we all kind of just get to know each other I mean obviously when we're when the game's on we're like we're competing against each other and competing hard but you know off the field like we're all friends and you know we have a good time yeah so you've caught for pretty much every team you said so like 
what's it like catching like multiple teams and multiple games in a week? Um, you know, I when I got here because I knew I was going to be catching guy teams. I started since I'm mainly with the Beavers. I started catching and playing catch with guys that weren't on my team. That way, if I needed to catch them in a game, I would kind of know know them a little more than I would if I were only just catching guys with the Beavers. So <clears throat> through that, like the biggest adjustment has just been like just accepting the fact that I might catch a guy that I've never caught in my life, like ever before the game. Like we had one guy uh, a couple weeks ago come in. He was from the Angels. His name is uh, Dazon Cole. He throw he throws some fire, and he, he was he was pumping ninety eight that night. I never caught him in my life. Never seen him in my life. The first first changeup he threw in the game when was the first changeup I ever saw from him. First slider was the first slider I ever saw from him. Like, and that was like, you know, when the lights were on and it was game time. So like that, that's happened a few times. But I went to it expecting it that like, I'm just going to have to, I'm just going to have to be with it and not know exactly what guys throw, but go out there and do the best I can for them. What made you choose to play catcher compared to, uh, let's say any other position in the field? Uh, that's actually kind of a funny story. So I, I started playing baseball around the age of 11. And um, so then I went and tried out for my junior high team. I, when I was 11, I just played like left field. They just stuck me out there. I wasn't any good. Um, but uh, we had a tryout for my junior high team. And there, we were in a room of like 60, 70 kids. And the, uh, the, <clears throat> the coach was asking – he like, was asking people by position, like, you know, who's an infield an outfielder who's a pitcher and then he's like who who here's a catcher and one other kid raised his hand and so I never caught my life and I was like well if I want to make the team I'm just gonna say I catch so I just raised my hand and uh from there on that that's literally how I became a catcher um we had a a couple a couple guys from the high school I went to when I was in junior high come out and like help so they they kind of showed me you know the basics of catching and like that and from there on out I just caught my whole life since yeah so it was just like a reaction like you knew you want to make the team so you just raise your hand just uh impressed yeah because I probably wouldn't have made it if I didn't say that yeah so how was that how was that first game that you caught for your junior high team oh I I don't remember the first game I remember I remember specific games where I was catching guys that threw hard and I just wanted no part of it because I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I, obviously, you know, I was trying my best and everything, but I had never caught before. And I literally just did it just so I could make the team. Yeah. That, that's really all I remember of it. That, that's funny. So, like, so, like, did you play any other positions besides, like you said, left field? Like, you, you pitched before, right? So I uh, a little bit um, in junior high. I'm feeling, you know, I feel like everyone just kind of pitched. Yeah. Um, I pitched a little bit in high school. Never actually pitched in, in a live game in high school. I only pitched like in the summer and like in winter ball because in Arizona you can play in the winter. Um, but when the season rolled around, like it just there, we had enough pitchers. It just didn't really make sense for me to not catch and then go pitch. Um, but. And uh, when I got to college, my sophomore year, I ended up <clears throat> getting moved to first base. <clears throat> so I played first base from my sophomore year 
my uh, from sophomore year to junior year, I played first base. I didn't catch it all. How how is it like uh, playing first base? Well, I uh, my uh, my junior college I went to. So I guess I'll just start with I went to uh, to Pittsburgh State my freshman year out of high school or yeah out of high school went to Pittsburgh State my freshman year of college, and uh, I was a catcher there, and. I really liked it there. Really nice facilities, all that, all that good stuff. But just being away from home just just wasn't really my thing at the time. So I transferred back home to a junior college in Arizona called Chandler Gilbert Community College. Went there, uh, caught in the fall, and it didn't do didn't do too good catching for you know for some didn't have it that fall. I don't really know why. And uh, the skip called me in. To his, to his office one day and he texted me after class I was I was eating lunch I just made this big lunch next to me and was like hey I need to see you in my office and he was I knew he was cutting guy around that time too so I like lost all my appetite left my food on the table went over to the school I thought I was getting cut I thought I was done and he came in I came into his office and he sat me down first thing he said to me was like you're not a catcher and I was like, okay, like, what is that? What, what are you, what are you getting at here? <clears throat> and he's like, we, uh, we, we see you as a first baseman. Have you ever played first base before? And I was like, no. So he said that, you know, they wanted to, I had hit pretty good in the fall and they wanted to bat. I could swing it a little bit at first base. And, uh, that's how I became a first baseman for a couple of years. What, what an interesting story. And that, that was funny how like he, they're like you're not a catcher, but we'll we'll stick you at first base, and but you yeah, did good, you did pretty good there. It seemed like. Uh, you know, actually, at Chinook, I I didn't I didn't do too well. Um, in the fall, I I did I did well, and then the spring, I just for some reason just really didn't figure it out at the plate. I got the, I got the, I got things done, like you know, I move guys over, you know, get some R, get some RBIs and all that. So I was, I did enough. But I didn't have as good of a year as I would have liked, which then le- led me into not really having anywhere to go after that year. So I walked on school, and yeah, yeah. So going back to where you first started at Pittsburgh State University, what what was it? What went into like picking Pittsburgh State as like your school to go to and to play baseball? So they have a they have woodworking programs in the country and in high school we had a wood technology program that I was involved in and uh, because of that I wanted to go there and that was my major was wood technology and if I could go there and play baseball it's just kind of a kind of a double whammy and I got there and then realized that I really wasn't all into wood technology or anything like that and it's more into the exercise exercise science field and uh, so at that point that was kind of when I realized like there's not really much point me being out here, especially being away from home. Yeah. So, so how did that first season of college baseball go like overall besides for like Pittsburgh state, not really going the right way for you, like you, that you'd hope. Yeah. I mean, it was, I learned a lot that year and it was, it was a pretty good year. I didn't play a lot. Our catchers were a lot older than me and they were, they were good too. I, I don't think I was really ready to be getting in the games that year. Um, so I just took a lot of pride in just catching bullpens for guys and getting my work in like during the games in the bullpen and kind of treated the pregame stuff with, you know, batting practice, infield, outfield, 
uh, kind of treated that as my game and my time to develop during the spring. Um, I played in I played in a couple games, but definitely just use that year as a big year for development for me. Yeah. So, what was like one of the biggest things that you've learned throughout that first year of college ball in, in college? Um, the biggest thing I learned is that baseball baseball is is secondary, and you're you're a person first before you're an athlete. Like you're a human being before you're a baseball player and being able to prioritize that and really understand that like your life isn't baseball. Like your life is who you are as a person was probably my biggest thing that I realized that year. Yeah. So that, yeah. So when you could first go from like high school to like college, like, a lot of people have like that hard like transition period. Did you have like a hard transition period or did you just fit right in like right away? Um, I definitely had a hard transition period in terms of like moving away from home and all that, like all that stuff, not being with my family and my friends, any of that, but I'm, I'm a really sociable person. So, I mean, I met all the incoming freshmen day one, like we all hung out and all that stuff. So meeting new people wasn't hard for me out there. Like I got a good group of friends and all that out there. And I still, I still talk to some of the guys to this day. Um, but in terms of just being away from home, it was a pretty hard transition. Yeah. So then you decided to go to community college at CGCC. So like, yep. what was, what was that experience like going back to community college and like furthering your baseball career too? <clears throat> Oh man, going going to Chandler Gilbert was was the best decision I made in my entire like in my entire career. That was that was by far the best year of baseball I had because um, I just I learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about other people, uh, met a bunch of great guys. Like all those guys, I still like just about everybody from that team. I still talk to. Um, yeah, we and we had we had a solid team there, and the coaching staff there is just they're outstanding. Um, they really they have a good feel for what is important, and they're they're really big on on just developing people first. And you know they want to you know they want to make build a good baseball program and stuff, and they and they have a solid program there. But they really focus on getting getting your degree passing your classes, just being a good person, all that stuff. And if you're not going to do that, then they're not going to, they're not going to let you be on the team. But, you know, when, whenever I go <clears throat> and talk to Skip over there, the first thing he always asked me, like when I was in college is how close are you to your degree? How are your classes? It's never like, how are you doing baseball? How, you know, how are you hitting? How are you catching? It was never any of that. It was always just questions about life and like the more important things. So they, they pride a lot of they take a lot of pride in just developing people and for the future and really really take a yeah take a lot of pride in developing yeah just good people that's the best way I can describe it uh could you say that like when you first went to Pittsburgh State you realized that like the person part of life is the most important part. And you mentioning that your old coach, he'd always ask you about that part of your life. Could you say that that really ties into like that special kind of, I guess, 
relationship or bond you had with the coach and kind of the team for that matter? Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I didn't, I just thought like my freshman year of college, I, I, I was like, it's not about how you perform, whatever you can, you can go for and be just not a good person. And people are going to remember you down the road for not being a good, good guy. And you can go over four and off the field, you know, you're just, you treat people right. You do the right things and people are going to remember you for that. I can remember you for your, your one game you had, or, you know, even just your, your playing stats in general, they're going to remember for how you were as a teammate, how you were as a person, how you were off the field. Um, so I, what, what really, what really stood out to me is I remember when I was at Chandler Gilbert and this is when I kind of realized like, this is where I want to be. Uh, we had just had a really long week, uh, we it was like finals it was, or midterms. I don't remember what it was. It was just a long week of school, long week of baseball, long week of fall games. And we came to the field one day and we were doing uh, like first and third defense. Um, we were throwing balls all over the field. Just it was a, it was a messy practice. And our coach got us all. He got us all in on the mound, and we're all expecting, uh, you know, we're going to start running and all. This is going to be a track practice and all that stuff. And uh, he got us all in there, and he's like. <clears throat> I understand where we're at today. Um, he's like, I know we've had a long week. I know you guys have had like a hard time with school. Like all just has been crazy. He's like, I could sit here and run you guys until you couldn't even function anymore. But he's like, that's not going to get anything done. He's like, I know you guys are good baseball players. We're just going to wrap this practice up, pack it in, go home, study, get a good dinner, get a good night's rest. We're going to come out tomorrow and start where we left off. And like, it was at that point where I was like, okay, like, this is, this is how it should be. Like, he's taking into consideration things outside of baseball. And, like, he knows we can do a first and third defense, but he also understands things that are going on outside of the field that are probably impacting what's going on. Yeah, so how important was that speech to you, especially since he, like, it's like he's caring about your well-being and he's taking, like, yeah. baseball totally out, out of it and just worrying about, like, your, like, school life and, like, your personal life? Yeah, I, I think about it. I, I tell people that story all the time because that, that's honestly probably one of the most memorable, like, I guess, speeches you could call it that I've had in my career was that moment because I thought we were just going to, like, in past experiences, just we're going to be running to the 335 sign in right field, slapping it eight or nine times, walk, going back and forth down the first baseline, and that's usually what it would be. And then we'd have to run it all over again. And, you know, we'd be there for hours. And that was, that was nice to know that like, and it, that we, he understood what the situation was. And, you know, we came out the next day and got the first and thirds done. Everyone was rested and yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. That's, that's just great because those, those runs are brutal when, when you have to yeah. do them. And oh, it's, yeah. it's yeah. so nice when like your coach just cares about like, what you're doing like your personal life instead of like just about baseball and just about like the sport you're in they just got to consider yeah. like your outside life as well yeah definitely and I uh I coached with them this off season too I did my internship for for college there to complete my degree and so I, I went back and coached with them and and it, nothing's changed there it's you know it's always they're always concerned about the player outside of baseball that's always what they're talking about Obviously, like, you know, they, they develop they develop players and they have a really good player development there, but they also are very focused on the player outside of baseball and, and the man he's going to become. 
Yeah, that that that's awesome. And I yeah. I can't say anything better better than that. That's just awesome. So during your time uh, in uh, JUCO, you started one game on the mound for pitching. So and it was your only start in your your career. So like, how did that go? And like, what made you get up on the mound instead of behind the plate? Oh man. So we, we had a, I believe it was over, it might've been over spring break. So we got a lot of games uh, during that time and uh, we were out of arms. We needed to, we needed to be saving some arms for some, probably some more important games down the road. And uh, we needed a pitcher. So I, you know, I told the coach, I was like, you know, I'll throw for us, see what happens. So I came in and uh, ended up throwing a scoreless inning or whatever it was. And, and we ended up taking the lead that inning. Uh, in the bottom half of that inning after I came in and pitched and I ended up getting a win. So I'm undefeated in my college career. Um, the one and no looks really nice and it looks better than what it actually was, but, <laughs> hey, but yeah, it, that, that was, yeah, that was, uh, that was uh, definitely an experience. I'll never forget. That was, that was fun. And you almost, you almost uh, came out of the mound in uh, your game the other day as well, but unfortunately yeah, that, didn't yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah. yeah. You got you guys made it to the World Series when you got when you're at in JUCO, right? Uh no, we made it to the World Series my uh junior year when I was at Ottawa University. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We so, went to the regional we went to the regional playoffs when I was in junior college. Yeah, so how was that regional playoff when you're in a JUCO? Oh man. We uh so my my whole goal, one of one of my one of my goals when I <clears throat> uh signed college baseball was i wanted to you know feel that college baseball like playoff atmosphere so just being able to in that situation to do that was awesome um it's it's just it's really cut when it gets to that time it, it's not it, nothing matters what you did before it's who's going to show up that day and play and uh our uh, our pitching staff was up at the time which was which was too bad i think four four of our five starting pitchers were were hurt Cause we had, we had a very solid rotation and uh, we ended up having to start our closer on game one. That's just, that was just the reality of it. And uh, yeah, he, he didn't, he didn't do too hot, but you can't blame him. He was not used, uh, not used to starting a game. But uh, so the first game was a slug fest, I remember. And then the second game was a slug fest and we came out on top and it was a best of three series. And then uh, third game slug fest and we fell behind. So it was just kind of, it was sad. I was I was really bummed the season was over because I really that was I really liked playing on that team, but it was cool to be be in the playoffs. Yeah. So like, how is that like playoff atmosphere? Because college baseball playoff atmosphere is unreal. So like, what was it like actually like playing it? Did you have like a lot of adrenaline th- from throughout all the games you played? Oh my gosh! Yeah, adrenaline. Um, you just you just don't know what's gonna happen. Like you're everyone's gonna get you know, everyone's gonna give them the game. Like guys that didn't play all year could get you know a huge pinch hit situation to you know to win the game and send us to the next round. So it's just all that uncertainty. You just don't know what what's gonna happen. But it was a uh, definitely definitely a different experience. Yeah. So then the next year you went to you went to Ottawa University, Arizona. So what was it like switching from like Going, you started at Pittsburgh State, then you went to JUCO, and now you're back at Ottawa University, Arizona. And so, like, what was that like? And like, <clears throat> you have like a hard transition period from like going from JUCO to Ottawa University. 
Um, no, the transition period for that wasn't, wasn't too hard just because I was only 45 minutes away from my house. Um, so it was still, still pretty local. Um, I didn't really have any offers coming out of Chandler. Um, yeah, I just did, I just didn't play as good as I, as I could have, or as good as I needed to, to get that. So I ended up going to a walk on trial over the summer. Um, and I ended up, they had two walk on trials are about three weeks apart. After the second walk-on tryout, they said that they were going to call us. It was on a – the last day of the tryout was on a Tuesday, and they said by Friday they'd uh, they'd give us a call and let us know if we, you know, made a team. And they told us that they were only going to take one guy, and there was – I don't even know how many people there. There was a ridiculous amount of people. And uh, <clears throat> so we get done with that tryout, the last tryout, and just kind of a waiting game at that point. And after them telling us that they're – maybe going to take one guy like I was like I don't even know what's about to happen so I during that last week period I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do if I wanted to try and you know walk up to one of the bigger schools around Arizona which would have been extremely hard at the time because I just don't think I was ready for that um Friday night rolled around I got no call um it's like okay maybe maybe Saturday you know just trying to keep my keep my hopes up and uh, I remember I was hitting in the cage, no call Saturday. I was hitting in the cage, and I was, I was lost. I was like, I don't know what, what I'm going to do here. On, like, could I have just played my last game? Is that it? I don't know what, what's going to happen. And then Sunday night, <clears throat> I remember I was, playing, uh, I was playing Battlefield at my house. And I got a call, and the number, it was, uh, the number was from Florida. And that's where the head coach – Tim Montez is from for Ottawa. He coached at a Jacksonville before that. And so I was like, there's no way it was like nine 45 at night. And I was like, there's no way that this is going to be him. When I answer this phone, I answered the phone and sure enough, it was him on a Sunday night. Um, you know, he introduced himself to reintroduced himself to me and, and gave me a, gave me an opportunity to play for his program. So I remember I, I came out, I was, I was crying a little bit cause I was so happy. I told my parents about it and, from there on out, just that's that's where I went to school. Yeah, that that's just an awesome story. Like you, you, they only picked one player, and like you didn't think it was gonna be you, but yeah. then it ended up being you. And just getting that call, yeah, like, I did, yeah, that must have been awesome. Yeah, I was, yeah, getting that call. I'll, yeah, I'll never forget that night. I I was just, I remember I was playing. I was just playing video games in my room. I was like, this is this is a bummer. I'm gonna have to figure out what I'm gonna do now. If I'm gonna continue playing or what I'm gonna try and go do. Yeah, you wouldn't expect a coach to to call you at like nine forty five at night either. No, especially on a Sunday night. He, he's very he's a very family oriented guy, and I just I figured I was like when Sunday rolls around, there's no shot on me. Yeah. So, how was your experience playing in at Ottawa University? Because it just, it seemed like a great program for you. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was a great fit for me. It was the first year of its existence. Actually, was my my junior year, so my first year there. Um, I met some really good guys there. We had a hand, we had three guys that were from, uh, Grand Canyon university. And those guys ended up becoming my really close friends. Like actually my best friend was the, uh, was the catcher for us that year. Josh Meyer, he came from Grand Canyon university. Um, him and I, him and I are best friends now. Um, so through those guys, I learned a lot just about the game and, and just their experience. They had they had a lot of experience coming into that program. It was their senior year, other than one of them. So 
two of the guys was their senior year and I got really close to them and they they shared a lot of a lot of their knowledge with me so I really that junior year was a huge turning point in my in my career I felt like yeah that that just seemed like it was a great fit especially since it was like their first year like new start for everyone there yeah definitely yeah I I started I started at the bottom of the barrel in that at that place though which which was tough to come out of I I came in and we were doing inner squads and like I was getting no at, I was getting no at bats um really no time in the field just nothing I was playing the outfield actually now that I think about it when I first got there and I'm not I wasn't an outfield that's where I was um but yeah I started with no at bats and like I'd maybe get a couple at bats a week in inner squads and we inter squatted all the time um but eventually just kind of worked my way from the bottom all the way all the way into a uh into a starting role yeah so like you said it was like it was ottawa university's first year of of baseball so like how how cool was it to like start like first year like they had in like build like build start building the program from the ground up it was it was so interesting we had, we we literally had about no gear when we started, no practice gear, no nothing. Um, practicing in shorts, um, hats we were were not the greatest, um, but I think that really like shaped our team for that year, and kind of just made us made us pretty gritty in terms of that because we started with pretty much nothing, and we were practicing on just a grass eight acre. It was called eight acre park. Um, and it was just a grass green belt that we were <clears throat> doing all of our conditions on our fielding on everything until we could finally get into the uh, Rangers and Royals uh, complex, which is where we played our games and our practices were at. So, yeah, we kind of started with nothing, um, practicing on hot grass field in the middle of an Arizona summer. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it was it, it definitely that set the culture and the tone for our for our, our year. So it was good for us. Yeah, so how was it practicing with that Arizona weather? It must have been really hot. Oh yeah, it gets really hot and I'm pretty sure that field just being on that that uh 8 acre field just makes it feel like it's even hotter than it actually is cuz it's the grass isn't the greatest, it makes you real itchy and you're just it's not the it's it wasn't the best situation, but we ended up getting our work in, so that's what, that's what matters. Yeah, you, you you put in the work, that's all that really matters and it doesn't matter how just matters to get the work done exactly yeah we found a way we found a way to make it work so yeah that's that's fantastic so looking back looking back at when you first started like from year one to like where it is now like how cool is it looking back at at the program and seeing where it is now it's it's pretty incredible when i went to school there there was not really a campus it was just one building nothing built yet <clears throat> other than the building that was already there um and that that was just like a city hall building because their campus is right next to city hall with surprise right in the uh little convention center they got there so uh <clears throat> now going back to it they've got a full they've got a really nice dining hall they've got dorms they've got they have a football field they have um basketball court they've got um a full-size weight room and just all that stuff when i was there uh we didn't have a weight room so we had to pay for our own gym membership and have team lifts at a a, like a commercial gym out in surprise 
so now they've got all that stuff it's it's just it doesn't even look like the same place i went to when i was going there yeah so how was that like were you when you had to go weight weightlifting like and you had to go to a gym like an actual gym pay for a membership like how was that like it must have been hard it, it built character for sure having to show up to mountainside fitness at 5 a.m to go lift and you know you've got the people the people in the city of surprise getting their lifts in before they go to work and you know a lot of some people didn't like it and you know they had problems with us being in there because you know we're there's it made it really busy in there and all that but uh you know we just kind of had to deal with it and you know be respectful to those people and you know they weren't they wouldn't be the nicest to us sometimes but you know we would just be as respectful as possible to them and get our work in and and get out yeah that's all you can ask for yeah exactly yeah so uh, in college baseball there's generally two seasons there's a fall and a spring season so like what's the difference between the two seasons and like how how did that go because because you guys were fall champions when you were there right uh no that so that's like the that's like the fall world series so you'll have like your whole like fall uh uh your whole fall season it's your practices your inner squads and all that stuff and then usually at the end they'll like pick captains and then the captains of that team will draft a team the captains of like the whole team will draft two teams and one captain will be in charge of one team one captain will be in charge of the other and then you just like play those two teams so technically it's still inner squads yeah but they just call that the fall world series so it's just kind of like within the uh, within the program kind of thing yeah so how how did the fall season go for you so the fall is usually it's it's a lot it's more focused on development um so a lot of lifting conditioning um lots of practices lots of inner squads um obviously stats don't and anything don't count but at the same time they kind of do because you're competing for a spot in the spring so you're you're trying to make yourself you know make a name both in the fall for the team so you'll get to play in the spring so that's usually what the fall is for yeah so how 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 did the spring season go for you that that same year uh the spring season it it went good i mean as a team like we made it to the world series and that's all you can really ask for um individually um it, went pretty well it went pretty well too um i started a handful of games um went <clears throat> a, a couple stretches without starting too um we had we had a couple of guys that were pretty interchangeable in the lineup so me and those guys would kind of kind of take rotate and whatever you know they'd get a lot of playing time one week and i'd get a lot the next week and it just it just kind of depended what uh what coach wanted to do with us that that day and yeah it was it was a good year. I learned a lot. I just learned a lot about the game that year, definitely. Yeah. So, how was that experience in the World Series and like that atmosphere? That was that was a good time. We, uh, you know, got to fly across the country and go to the East Coast. <clears throat> um, flew into Atlanta, Georgia, about a two and a half hour ride to uh, over to Clemson, South Carolina. Um, it was hosted in Easley, which was about another about twenty twenty minutes from there. Um, so we were there for an entire week. They had, you know, the set, first day we got there, we had like community service projects and all that, all that stuff. Um, what else? Yeah, we had practice early in the morning, and you know, we were we were a West Coast team, so that three-hour time difference was uh, the first day was kind of tough. I think our first practice was at like seven in the morning. Oh. Um, 
East Coast time. So that, that's four in the morning <clears throat> for us, you know. So we're up at, you know, three in the morning to get ready. Um, and not, none of us were adjusted to that yet. So that, that was kind of cool to kind of just think, like, technically I'm, it's playing baseball at three in the morning right now. <laughs> Back yeah, home. Cause that you're must just, be cool. We've only been there. Yeah, we were only there for 24 hours. So none of us were adjusted to that. Um, and then they had opening day ceremony, all that, all that good stuff. And then we, then we got the plan. We got to, uh, all the teams stayed at the same hotel, which is pretty cool. And, you know, we were right next to Clemson university. So, um, we got to go see their campus, all that stuff. It was fun. Could you say that that time, like that road trip really helped you and some of your teammates and just you guys as a team overall to like bond more and kind of like, I guess, fit well together. Oh yeah. I mean, you definitely, you definitely got to know people on a three and a half hour plane ride over there. Um, and you guys are all kind of same, same boat together there. So we're, we went to, you know, we went King trails, we went and, uh, went to some different, some different places that we were told we should go see while we're out there. And we all did that as a team. So we definitely got a lot closer during that time because we're on the other side of the country and all we have is each other. So. Yeah. Those, those road trips are definitely, definitely bring you together as a team, no matter what team you're on. Definitely those road trips, oh, yeah. those hotel stays definitely bring you all together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you were also honored with all American that year as well. So like, what was it like being, being honored with, uh, with all American? Uh, I was actually honored. I was actually named all American my senior year. My junior year, I didn't, I didn't get any of that. So how in two thousand nine in uh, your senior year then? How was uh, getting all American then? Oh, uh, it was it was it was cool. I I I didn't really expect. It. I didn't even think twice about it just because I'd never been like any. I'd never got named anything like that in career like ever. Like not in high school. I wasn't like all region or all district or whatever they have I wasn't any of that I was never any anything like that before that in college either so like I didn't even really think twice about it until I got a text from my coach saying that I'd been named an All-American and I I mean I, I was I was happy about it it was cool it was a cool thing to know that like my season had been noticed and all that stuff so yeah anytime you could have that notice get noticed like that it's always it's always fun it's always a good time but and it just proves that how hard you worked and like how much like you really put put the work in. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then that next year in 2019, you signed your first professional contract with uh, Tucson the in the Pecos League. So like, what was your like first pro pro season of baseball like, and what led to like signing the contract with uh, with Tucson? Yeah, so that that whole thing, that whole uh, like, well, it's probably about a three month span there with two months, and it was pretty interesting actually. So I, uh, it was about halfway through my senior year, our uh, our pitching coach came up to me after a game, and I had had a pretty tough series. It, it, it didn't go very well. I came back from an injury. I'm making excuses, but came back from an injury and just didn't, just, things didn't go my way. And uh, he came up to me even after that and was like, "Hey, like, I think you've got a chance to like." play at the next level um are you cool if I not if I drop your name to some people that I know and I was that wasn't even a thought in my mind ever that I would be able to even be in consideration to play professionally just ever in my life um so I 
home. I was like, yeah, like definitely if you really think I can, like go ahead and, and do that. Like I'd really like that. Um, and so fast forward to the end of that year, um, had a pretty decent year still. Um, we uh, went and had a out with the White Sox um, about a month before the draft. Some the seniors on that team, we all got to go out there in front of the the cross checker, and I had a pretty good workout actually. And um, my coach, one of my coaches, called me after that workout and said that he was a uh, he was pretty the scout was pretty impressed with me and um, just to kind of hold tight and see what happens and. Uh, nothing came from that, nothing with the draft, nothing with the, uh, no free agent signing, anything like that. So then the, uh, the Pecos league was kind of my, uh, my next option there. Um, I really wanted to go to the United shore league last year. And that was where our pitching coach had, um, sent my information to was the league I'm in now. And it, it just didn't work out for whatever reason. And so the Pecos league was kind of, kind of my only option there. And I was thinking of just sitting it out and not, not uh not playing that year and just trying to develop to come here next year and so I called one of my uh my catching coach from Ottawa who was he was a he he was made a pretty big impact in my life David Mitroff um my senior year and he's he's one of my mentors I called him and told him I was like hey like I think I'm just gonna hold off and just wait till next year and see if I can get something and you know he (laughs) They yell at me through the phone, but he gets really hyped up for, he gets really hyped up over things. And he's like, are you kidding me? Like you're getting your opportunity. Like there's going to be guys playing, putting up numbers and you're going to be sitting there, you know, developing and whatever. He's like, no, like you need to get out there and like, you need to show people what you can do. So I ended up going to his house like that next, the next day having dinner over there. And um, I made the decision that I was going to sign on Saguaro's. So I went and uh, did that. Um, but I ended up getting hurt my first game there. Um, I, I really messed up my shoulder pretty bad to like, so I couldn't really bring a bat, couldn't throw a baseball back to the pitcher. Like it, it just, it hurt really bad. So I, uh, went and called the coach after, uh, three games. I was there for three games and started all three. And I called the coach that night after the third game and was like, my shoulder shot. Like, I don't, I, I can't throw a ball. I don't know what to do. And so I ended up having to go back to Phoenix get an MRI and it came back that I had a had an impingement. So then I went and got assessed at a physical therapy place and I had like close to no mobility in my shoulder. And they said if I were to keep playing and play out the year, like it'd probably end up playing. so I had to do like a three month rehab, two month rehab for that to get it back to normal. So I I had three games last year before I was done. Yeah, that really, really sucks about your shoulder there. Uh, I was going to go back and ask, if you didn't call that one guy you said from Ottawa about um, sitting the season out, if you didn't call him and instead you called someone else for advice, do you think you would have still sat that season or do you think it was uh, him that really got you up and made you uh, not sit and play? It was it was him. He was the big reason why why played it's because like I trust everything that he says and he 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 helped me a lot this year and I, he gained a lot of my trust and so I I was going to trust what he said about not being if I wasn't playing I wasn't going to be putting up any numbers and building up a resume to go and continue playing this year so I, I think that if I wouldn't have played last year even even the fact that I was only there for three games but to show the fact that somebody was willing to at least sign me um, I think just having that was beneficial to me being able to have a chance to come here this year yeah that 
Yeah, he definitely seemed like uh, the right person to talk to at the right time. And it definitely, definitely boosts your resume, especially since you played last year. Even though you played three games, still you still have a resume than like a yeah. lot, a lot of other people. Yeah. So I think that was the big reason why I was able to come out here. Yeah. So going back to your injury, so you injure your shoulder. It's like, what was like the rehab like? Like you said, it was like three months. Like, what do you do for like rehab? And like, what was your like my, your mindset throughout the entire like injury process? So I guess I had the right mindset and the wrong mindset all at the same time. So my my right mindset was that my shoulder's gonna get better. Um, I'm gonna get through this rehab. Um, instead, of, you know, I, I worked out and you know, I was working out just about every day, but I was only training my legs, like just you know, to stay in shape. So I go to the gym every day on top of rehab and um, just train my legs, get those stronger. Um, and then my where I went wrong with my mindset is that I'm doing all these shoulder exercises at physical therapy so I'm going to come back throwing even harder and have a stronger arm than I had before I was injured and so after my rehab I went through a little bit for a couple weeks and then went and got myself on the radar gun and was throwing 81 miles an hour across the diamond and I had nothing else left in that like that was like my max effort and I was like oh my gosh like I don't know if I can come back from this. Like, I'm like, I don't know why I'm not because before my injury, I was playing third base a little bit in some workouts and I had thrown 90 across the diamond. And I was like, this is not like, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 10 miles an hour slower than I was before I got hurt. Like, why am I like this? And so I was really scared that that was, that was going to be it. Like I wasn't gonna be able to come back from that. And then uh, I ended up just putting that in my back pocket and not thinking about it. And I got on a, like a, seven week throwing program and arm exercises and just really fully invested in that and in the weight room and everything and then uh came back in seven weeks and retested again and was really nervous the night before because I knew I was gonna be testing the next day and like if I was throwing the same speed like that, that would probably have to be it for me and I came back and you know it was I was throwing harder than I was before after that program and so that's that's when uh I knew I, I still had a chance yeah, that's always good that you had, like, the right mindset, like, and, like, when you did have the, like, the bad mindset, like, you just put in your back pocket and, like, said, like, forget about it and just get get better. Like, you went on that training program and yeah. threw a lot harder than you did before. Yeah. How how fast could you uh, throw across the diamond? Uh, Right now, so uh, the other, I guess, like, a little before I came out here, I threw 92 across the diamond. Um. Yeah, and then yeah, ninety two. Yeah, that's that's fast. I could probably yeah, so. like, probably like eighty, maybe maybe eighty. <laughs> so, I, so that's ninety two. That's that's really good. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not an infielder though. So it, it was just it was more so of just an arm strength thing for me, just to like measure it out. Yeah, that 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 makes sense. Yeah, it was just more so like a just a, a little measurement to make sure my shoulder was okay, I guess, and my arm strength was back. Yeah, that at least your arm strength came back even stronger though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so take us through like your first professional game and like the emotion throughout the game before you got injured. Oh, so I was actually out in Surprise, Arizona, um, still living in my apartment from college and 
um, I signed the contract that night or that morning and then had to pack up as much stuff as I could and leave everything else in the apartment for the time being. And I drove all the way down to Tucson. So from there, it was about two and a half hour, um, yeah, two and a half hour drive or so. And I just remember, like, I was just sick to my stomach because I was so nervous. Like, I didn't know what to expect, like, nothing like that. So um, I just made that, made the drive all the way down, stopped and got food. Didn't really want to eat, though, because I was so nervous. And uh, got down to the field. Um, and the manager pulled up just about the same time I did. So he talked to me in the parking lot and was like, Hey, um, you're not going to catch today. I'm going to let you, you know, get to know the pitchers, catch some bullpens, kind of get your feet wet first, and then you'll get to start tomorrow. And then we were taking BP and the other catcher wasn't there yet. And nobody knew where he was. And he rolled up late. And so we were in the clubhouse before the game and he came out and he was asking where I was. And I told him, told him where I was just right here. And, he said that I'm going to be starting that day because nobody's going to show up late on his team and expect to play. So that was how I got my first start. And then I didn't sit after that. So it was kind of like, just kind of by chance, how I got that opportunity right away so fast. So I just kind of got, got thrown in the fire game one, but it was cool. It was good. I was glad, I was glad, I guess that was able to happen. Not that he showed up late, but the fact that I got to play so soon. Yeah. It, that must have been weird because you were not expecting to play, and then all of a sudden your coach is like, you're playing, and that yeah. must have thrown you off completely. Yeah, I always go into the game, even if even if I'm sure I'm not playing, just the mindset that I am playing until I see, you know, I line up, and then from there, you know, you still expect that, you know, you might get a pinch hit or, like, you know, for whatever reason you have to go in the game that, that you're going to have to get in there. So usually you still, you still prepare you, – you're still supposed to prepare the same way, which is what I do, so – yeah, so uh, we have a uh, we have a few more questions for you. Yeah. So, uh, what's your walk up song? Or if you don't have one, like, what would it be? So my walk up song is "Rude" by Eternal Youth. I think is the name, or is the name of the is the name of the group. I'm a big like, I'm big on walk up songs that are just kind of like a, a smooth, like relaxing beat. Yeah. Um typically older song like not older songs but songs that aren't like you know you don't hear them every day now so like my junior year was uh, electric feel by mgmt um senior year was sit next to me by uh foster the people and then this year written by eternal youth so just something that uh that gets me relaxed and just kind of kind of a calming kind of song yeah, Electric Feel is definitely one of my favorite songs by MGM. Yeah, that's that's a good song for sure. So I try to find songs that are similar to that because that was like my favorite walk-up song. Yeah, that, that's awesome. So yeah. you, you've been on a lot of like teams and you've played against a lot of teams with some like really cool and unique logos and like team names. So like which one is your favorite? You play with the Beavers, uh, the one and two sign, and you've the whole United Shore League has like some pretty cool names as well. Yeah, I think the the most I think the most unique name is probably the the unicorns, the Utica unicorns. I think I think that's a pretty unique name. I don't I don't really know another team that's called the unicorns. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's so nice. It's so cool, like seeing like all the different logos and like all the team names and like especially the United Shore League and like in the Tucson League as well. I was looking at and like they have some pretty unique and cool names as well. Yeah, they do. They've got they've got some some cool names there too. Yeah. So, uh, 
so funny story i was i was uh just scrolling through my tiktok and you came up on my fy on my fyp and i found that you found yeah. an abandoned baseball field and you explored it it's like how cool was it finding like an abandoned baseball field in the no- middle of nowhere yeah i mean <clears throat> i guess i didn't really find it it's that was asu's old uh that was arizona state's old uh baseball field <clears throat> before they moved in to uh where the a's used to play which is their home field now so me and my buddy one day we're just like we we're driving by it we we're in tempe right on asu's campus and we're like what if we just like what if we just hopped it and just went in there and you know just went to see what it was like because we always wondered like what does it look like now because we grew up going to games there as kids we're like we just want to know what it looks like so we we, we hopped the fence and went in and and just kind of walked around it and I went to went to some different seats that we sat at like when we go into games together when we were younger and just talked about just the memories and the different players that have come through there and it's just now it's just a dirt lot with overgrown weeds and it's interesting to see now the way yeah. it is it definitely does not look like a baseball field right now but must have been a no. pretty pretty sick uh stadium <clears throat> yeah it was really nice yeah so uh tyler do you have any more questions yeah, I actually had another one. You said you didn't start playing baseball to, uh, when you were or until you were 11 years old. But um, leading up to that, or I guess during that time when you were a kid, uh, growing up in Arizona, obviously, were you a uh, Diamondbacks fan? And uh, if so, was there any player in particular that you like liked a lot or looked up to, or was your favorite? So uh, I was a, I was born and raised a Cubs fan. That's where my family's from. They're from Chicago. So. Okay. Um, but I do – I really like the Diamondbacks, and I think my, my – like probably my all-time favorite player is Paul Goldschmidt. Like I just like the way he goes about everything, goes about the game. So he's just kind of been a guy that I looked up to like throughout high school when I was playing there. It's just, you know, he's a very humble guy, and I just like the way he goes about everything. Yeah, Paul Goldschmidt's definitely one of my favorite players as well. He, he, was, such, he was such a good player. It was so fun to watch. Yeah. Him yeah. When he got traded to the Cardinals, I was pretty bummed, but I still like him. Yeah. So, who was your favorite player on the Cubs since you uh, your family grew up in Chicago? Oh man, that's a tough one. But <clears throat> I would honestly, I, Sammy Sosa. Like <laughs> Sammy Sosa, I really like. I really like Sammy Sosa. Um, but right now. Right now, I'll probably go with Javier Baez. Yeah. Yeah, I really like Baez as well, and and Chris Bryant as well. So, they're both yeah. really good players. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I really this, – this is kind of a name drop. I really like Kosuke Fugume back when he was with the Cubs too. Yeah. That's, a, that's a name <laughs> drop though. Yeah. But – Things are supposed to go really good when he got there, and it just didn't – it didn't work out, but it's all yeah. right. It happens. Yeah, but he was still pretty pretty good there when he played with us, yeah. us in Chicago. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so uh, my last question is what, like, if, like, what tips would you give, like, younger young kids, young the younger guys trying to go play professional baseball? So my, my biggest thing is what I tell people is that just work on – just focus on being a good teammate and – things things will end up focus on being a teammate work hard and things should end up you know whatever happens after that is is kind of 
it's kind of out of your control. So you got you got to control the things that that you can control, like treating your team, treating your teammates the right way, being a good team guy, picking your teammates up, being there for your teammates, whatever you know, whatever you have to do, and you know, showing up to the field early, getting your work in, you know, staying later if you need to, all that stuff. Like if you can, if you can do, do those two things. I think the rest should should take care of itself. And like, like I said earlier, it's like people are going to remember you for how you, what kind of a teammate you were and what kind of a person you were, not the, not your stats you had, you know, 10 years ago, nobody's going to remember them. Yeah. You just got to control the controllables and all that's under your control. But exactly. You can, you can control your attitude. You, you can control how you, how you react after you strike out. You can control all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that that's probably one of the best things that you could you could do is just control the controllables because you can't control the uncontrollables. So you just gotta focus yeah, exactly. on and, and hopefully everything lines up from there. Yeah, exactly. And then you know the rest the rest should take care of itself. Yeah, exactly. So Austin, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it and we wanna wish you the best of luck throughout throughout the season for you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having thank you guys for having me. I had a good time being on the show. Yeah, no problem. We want to thank Austin for coming on the show. We had a ton of fun with him. He's a great guest. We we love talking baseball with him and everything that led up to where he's at right now. He's one of the only players playing baseball right now since due to this COVID pandemic. So it's good to get get uh some inside of what he's going through right now with uh how like the season's so different right now compared to the normal seasons. And so, yeah, so follow us on Instagram at on the spot sports at, at on underscore the underscore spot underscore sports. So on the spot sports and the underscores between each word and remember to follow us on Instagram and listen to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple and Google podcasts at on the spot sports. And we'll see you in the next one.